Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live on this Friday. Casey Just Clear here. We've got 90 minutes of sports talk coming your way. We've got so much going on, so much we would like to share, so much that we'll talk about. We'll be here until 1 o'clock and we'll be rocking and rolling and we'll be nonstop until the 1 o'clock you know, buzzer goes off, I guess you could say, getting us out of here. In 15 minutes, we've got Chandler Guitros at uh, um, South Lafouche football. That he, what am I saying? Let, let, let's start over. In 10 or 15 minutes, we'll have Chandler Guitros with South Lafouche baseball on the line. Goodness. Got here a little bit late. We're a little bit flustered. Let's do a little bit of yoga on the air. Breathe in. Breathe out. All right, now let's start over. Chandler Guitros at 1145. South Lafouche baseball will be on the line. He will be talking with us um, about all of the wonderful things that the Tarpons are going to be looking to accomplish this weekend. They'll be trying to move to the quarterfinals. They'll be trying to punch their ticket into the next round. We'll talk with Coach Guitros in the next segment of the show. The Tarpons are taking on Warren Easton, and we look forward to seeing how South Lafouche fares in what should be a very fun series. Then, a little bit later in the show, we've got... Damien St. Pierre, who will be joining us. We always talk with Damien on Fridays about whatever, whatever we feel like talking about, right? That'll be, you know, maybe a little high school baseball, but mostly some NBA and college basketball and boxing and all the different things that we've got going on. I'm going to tell you guys my thoughts on the Pelicans. I'm going to tell you guys my thoughts on the NFL draft. I'm going to tell you guys my uh, weekend predictions. And then we'll get our betting picks. Dude, we've had, we've had an awesome awesome betting weekend. I don't mean to pat myself on the back too hard, but over my Patreon, we're making some people some cash, bro. We were two and one yesterday with our Patreon uh, three pack or triple or what. I got to come up with a more clever name for than that. But we also give out parlays every day and those parlays, three of the four that I gave out yesterday hit. And if you do betting based on units, we made oh, five, six, seven units yesterday. So it was a wonderful day for all the folks who subscribe, and we encourage you to maybe look into doing that in the future. But anywho, let's get into the high school baseball playoffs. There were a lot of games that were played yesterday, and then we'll talk about some of the games that will be played today. Let's start in Division One. There was nothing locally in Division One, but we'll just kind of give you a rundown of what happened because you guys want to know what's happening in these brackets. Archbishop Shaw gets a 3-2 victory over Holy Cross yesterday in the Game 1 of a best-of-three series. That's an eight versus nine matchup. Holy Cross was a little bit lacking this year. And then now they're a little bit distracted because Andy Canazero got fired <laughs> in the middle of the season. So he's no longer with Holy Cross and Shaw gets a three to two win in that one. Another game one that was played yesterday in Division One, St. Augustine beat St. Paul six to four. So that was some playoff action yesterday. Now some games in, oh, let's see. No, I hit class four. That's not what I want to do. I want to hit Division Two. In Division Two, Turlings Catholic, the number one seed in Division Two, they get a game one victory over David Thibodeau, eleven to one. So Turlings gets the win there. Parkview Baptist gets a game one victory in a four versus thirteen matchup over Archbishop Hannon. So Parkview's up one game to zero in that best of three. Again, that's in Division Two. Now the first local game of interest. E.D. White is at home taking on De La Salle in a best two out of three. Uh, or best of three, rather. Got a win two out of three. And E.D. White, 
falls in game one, eight to seven. So the Cavaliers go on the road and take game one against E.D. White. So now E.D. White has the unenviable task of needing to win two straight. The first of those challenges will be today at four o'clock. Win or go home game for E.D. White. They must get it done or their season's going to be over. If they're successful in that endeavor, then game three will be tomorrow at 2 o'clock. But E.D. White falls in game one, 8-7 to seven against De La Salle. Then at the bottom of that bracket, the team that wins the E.D. White-De La Salle series will meet the winner between St. Louis and Patrick Taylor. St. Louis gets a game one victory 11-1 to one over Patrick Taylor Sciences and Technology. Not a big surprise. That's a 2-versus-15 matchup. The number two seed all over number 15. Division three. We had some results yesterday, including a couple of series that went final. <clears throat> Homa Christian went out and played Dunham, and they did their series a little bit different. A lot of the teams, like, they'll do, okay, you know, one game on Thursday, one game on Friday, one game on Saturday. Or a lot of the series that we'll see is one game Friday, two games Saturday, or whatever it may be. Homa Christian and Dunham did it a little bit differently. They said, you know what, we're going to just go ahead and play the doubleheader today, or, or yesterday, rather, on Thursday, and then if Homer Christian or Dunham you know, needs the game three, then we'll play that one on Saturday. So that was a Thursday doubleheader Saturday series, and Dunham moves on to the next round, getting a 9-1 to victory in game one, and then a 10-1 to victory in game two. So Homer Christian gets it put on them a little bit, but they don't get mercy ruled in either of the games. They play the full uh, 14 innings, and they go out to Dunham in the opening round. Also in Division Three, Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets the 2-0 series victory over Cristo Ray Baton Rouge. Oh, a paw but a Cristo Ray Baton Rouge. They lose 23 to nothing and then 19 to nothing in that series. So Notre Dame easily punches their ticket to the next round. Now let's go to Division Four, where we could tell you that we had a huge, huge upset yesterday. Like Capital H or capital Y, if you want to quote former President Donald Trump, huge upset. The number 16 seed in the bracket, Central Catholic of Morgan City, gets a game one victory over number one Opelousas Catholic 7-3. to Central Catholic is now one win away from putting away the number one seed in Division Four. Their next crack at it is going to be Saturday, tomorrow at noon, and then game three if necessary at 3 o'clock. But a monumental victory for the Eagles getting a 7-3 win over Opelousas Catholic. Look, we talk to coaches all of the time in Division Four, and even really around the area who just you know study Division Four, and they all tell us, like, man, Opelousas Catholic is legit. I mean, they beat South Lafouche like 17-7. Like, their offense is legit. But Central Catholic, that's why we love baseball, Yesterday beat them, and now they're one win away from punching a ticket into the quarterfinals and starting a Cinderella ride. So great on Central Catholic for that. Also great on Covenant Christian. Remember we had Joe Tutone on the show, and he said, man, we're playing St. Mary's. St. Mary's is really good. Like we're in, no, you didn't say trouble, but you know, he said this, this team could realistically beat us. XCCA put it on them yesterday, 10 to nothing victory in the opening round. They lead their best of three series, one game to zero. For CCA, there's going to be some finality today. They're, they're playing a doubleheader today. So game two and three would both be played today. So the Lions are either going to go to the next round or their season's ending today, one way or another. 
In Division Four, Calvary Baptist gets a 13-0 win over St. Edmund, so they lead 1-0 in their series. And those were the only high school baseball um, playoff games, or of note, rather, that were played yesterday. Today, we've got a whole lot. Today, in 4A, we've got Assumption hosting Pearl River. That's at 4 o'clock out in Napoleonville. We've got South Lafouche hosting Warren Easton, a game that you'll be able to hear right here on 102.7 at 1600 a.m. That's at 6 o'clock. Our coverage of high school varsity baseball is sponsored in part by Parish President Archie Chasson, Orm Bar and Grill, State Bank and Trust Company, Rev, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Joe Septic Contractors, Lafouche Parish Sheriff Craig Weber, Down the Bayou General Contractors, State Senator Mike Fazy, and Advanced Eye Institute. So we thank all of them for their support of Tarpon Athletics. Game one of that series will be 6 o'clock today. South Terrebonne will be traveling to take on Neville. They're already there. They've already made the long road trip out to Monroe. Game one of that series will be at 6 o'clock. Tonight, the Gators are going to have to take two out of three from the number two team in the state of Louisiana. Well, guess what? Gators did the exact same thing last year. They went on the road to North Louisiana and beat the number two seed. So South Terrebonne will be riding high after defeating Plaquemine in the opening round, and they'll be trying to stay hot over Neville. Let's tell you about some other stuff happening in Louisiana. In 5A, Destrahan's the only local team left standing. They're taking on Barb tonight. That game will start at 7 o'clock out in Lake Charles. So number 17, Destrahan, taking on number one, Barb. That's going to be a very tall task. But Destrahan, hey, it's baseball, man. Anything can happen. Destrahan's going to go and give it a ride. Division 2, Vanderbilt Catholic will open up their best of three series with Liberty. Tonight at 6 o'clock in Homa, we wish the Terriers and Coach Chad Menard and all their crew out there the absolute best of luck. Hopefully Vanderbilt could get it done and punch a ticket into the next round. If successful, they would likely be playing Evangel Christian, which would be a very tough matchup, but the Terriers are going to be um, in good positioning against anybody they match up with in Division Two. Vanderbilt's got that type of a team. Then we already told you in Division Three, Homa Christian bowed out last night and in Division Four. You've got CCA who will be playing at 4 and then 6.30 today. That Central Catholic Opelousas Catholic Series, those games will be played tomorrow at noon and then 3 o'clock if necessary. So a whole heck of a lot of high school baseball going on. A whole heck of a lot of stuff we're going to have to talk about on Monday. And I think there are going to be local teams that are going to be um, going to the quarters. Like Quite frankly, like I think. Off the top of my head, the teams that I would favor to win their series, Assumption, South Lafouche, CCA. So that's right out of the gate. That's three teams locally. Other teams in the area who I think have a legitimate shot, E.D. White, though they lost game one, South Terrebonne. That's five teams. So we're in a spot where we could have as many as five teams in our area who are still alive, still competing, still contending, and are having a realistic shot. Look, I'm going to say the blanket term. Oh, they've got a shot to make it to Sulphur. I get it. Vanderbilt and CCA and the private schools don't go to Sulphur anymore, but that's you know that's just kind of the habit and the old way that we say things. But I think all those teams are going to be in, in very good contention, and I'm looking to see, um, you know, I, I really can't get over the fact that, look, my, my eyes and ears are going to be peeled on South Lafourche and Warren Easton, of course. I'll be calling those games on the radio. But to me, the most intriguing matchup is going to be South Terrebonne and Neville. For a couple of reasons. A, I want to see, can South Terrebonne shock the world again, right? Can they go on the road and make it happen again? And then selfishly, right, as 
you know, an alum of South Lafouche, projecting forward if the Tarpons are able to beat Warren Easton, they face the winner of that series. There's a realistic possibility that next weekend, South Lafouche would be hosting South Terrebonne down the bayou in Galeano with the winner going to Sulphur. Do you know how exciting that would be? Do you know how many people would be at those games? That would be one of the most well-attended high school baseball games. Maybe, I wouldn't say history, because I don't know the, the, the history well enough. But certainly in our local history, if South Terrebonne comes down the bayou next weekend for a quarterfinal matchup with South Lafouche and the winner goes to Sulphur, you're looking at the bleachers being full. You're looking at the visiting bleacher area. It's not bleachers anymore because of Ida, but that area being full. You're looking at it being absolutely packed three, four people deep down the left field line. You're looking at it being absolutely packed down the right field line. And you're looking at trucks all across the outfield fences. You're looking at a big party. And part of the reason why I'm rooting for the Gators is, of course, because of respect for Coach Barba and his staff and his players. And, you know, got friends there. And I got a little cousin who pitches for them. <clears throat> all that. But I think that it would be awesome to cap our high school baseball season with kind of a Bayou Bowl. The two schools that were, not I shouldn't say the two schools, two schools of many who were ravaged by Ida would get together and have a huge community celebration, a huge celebration of our area, two schools that are so similar and are so alike. That would be so awesome to see. So we're rooting for you, Gators. Go ahead and make it happen. But there's certainly a lot of baseball to be played for both schools, South Lafouche and South Terrebonne, before that would be a reality. It's play-by-play. Let's catch our first break. When we get back, we're going to Coach Chandler Guitros. He's going to tell us about his team's plans over the weekend. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons!
Coach Chandler Guitros will appreciate this. I let that song play with the mic off because I'm saying certain things as the song is playing, things that we maybe can't say on the air. But anyway, it's play-by-play here on 102.7. We have Coach Chandler Guitros on live. Coach, good morning, my friend. How are you? Doing absolutely fantastic, Casey, and you. Doing great, buddy. Uh, big day. You guys are in the second round of the playoffs, starting a best-of-three series with Warren Easton, a team you're familiar with. I'm expecting a big crowd, and I'm expecting a strong performance. Coach, I, I would assume uh, that your guys are ready to go. Yeah, man, look, we had two extremely good days of practice the last uh, the last two days, uh, probably some of our best of the year. Uh, kids are fired up, kids are locked in, and I think you can see a great showing from our boys this weekend. Was the pitching plan, uh, if I had to guess, I would you know, have a few people that I could think of in mind, so I'll just throw it to you. Who's going to be getting the ball tonight? Uh, we're going with Deuce Jeremy, and, you know, that's kind of a uh, – some coaches would consider it a roll of the dice to throw the, the one guy in your stab that Warren Easton saw already. I don't care. <laughs> I, I love Deuce. Uh, uh, I love giving him the ball in this situation. He's a warrior. He's a competitor. And he's been our guy for four years now. So we're going to give him the ball today. If we're fortunate enough to win the first game, or really no matter what, uh, we're coming straight in with Josh to start the second game tomorrow. I know we have other capable guys, but if you get that first game, you get momentum, you're going to go with your best guy and try to shut the door on him. So in the in the game that you played Easton on Easter Eve, you guys stole nine bases in the game. And I, I was did a whole segment on yesterday's show kind of breaking down matchups, and I truly believe, Coach, that one of the keys to this game is if you guys get guys on base early in innings, you're going to score a whole lot of runs. Is that going to be a point to where you tell your guys that are maybe batting first or second in an inning, you know, hey, it'd be great to you know hit it over the fence, but if that bun is there, just go ahead and get on because you guys could do a whole lot whenever you have guys on base. Absolutely. Uh, like you say, you can't steal first base, right? So we got to get guys there first. Uh, but like, like you said, we'll sell out do what we got to do to get runners on early in innings. That is the key, early in innings with – no outs with one out where we could really do a lot of damage. Um, we stole a lot of bags, and it really wasn't that much on the catcher itself. Uh, I mean, the catcher actually played pretty well against uh, Karen Crow, the game that I went scout the other day. Uh, their pitchers were a little bit slower with delivery on that particular day, so we were able to take advantage of that. Uh, but, you know, uh, we got to come out and play, do it again. They, their guy behind the plate might be throwing lasers. They might be a little quicker on the plate. We'll just kind of have to feel it out for an inning and see what happens. So, facing a team that you um, have some pretty good history with, um, how do you make sure that the kids, you know, that are, are locked in all the way and aren't just saying, you know, oh, man, we beat these guys pretty easy the last time. How do you make sure that they're focused and, you know, hey, know that the score is 0-0 zero, zero again and it's not 12-6 anymore? Right, and that was addressed. Look, we got to be the best version of ourselves. It really doesn't matter who we play. And it starts with energy. It starts with enthusiasm for the, uh, for the game of baseball, which is something that I think we lacked a little bit last week and early into this week. Um, and I think those problems are solved, man. <laughs> I think we uh, we had a couple of conversations that needed to happen, and uh, we're good. Um, so it's about us. It's about ourselves. It's about us in the dugout getting behind our guy, not demeaning an opponent, not disrespecting an opponent, but being up for our guys, and I think that energy will carry a long way. So usually when a team is pitching their shortstop, there's always the, cons- the concern of like, oh, man, my defense is not going to be as good because my shortstop's on the mound. With you guys, that's really, knock on wood, not been as big of a factor. You guys could shuffle you know, the infield around and mix and match and move guys, and the output defensively still been there. Man, you guys got a lot of very versatile players. Right, and uh, look, this year we chose to uh, move Josh to shortstop just to keep it simple, uh, for, simple for Jacob. 
Jacob's actually truly a shortstop that we have playing uh, third base. Really, we have three shortstops. You know, uh, I think all three of those guys could play there at a high level. Uh, Josh and Deuce have been back and forth this year, depending on who's pitching. And next year, Jacob's going to be our guy at short when he's not pitching. Uh, so it is. Uh, it's a uh, you know, it's a blessing. Last year, we were able to do it a lot with Miles. Miles played three positions on the infield, and when it comes to all district time, I kind of had to just pick one to put him up for, and that was second base. Uh, but no, it, it speaks to the versatility. Uh, you know, whenever you have a bunch of shortstops on your team, that means you got a lot of players. You know, a lot of uh, very talented infielders. And if you could play shortstop, normally you could play any other position on the infield. So I know that you can't spoil anything for me uh, in terms of all district, but I'm going to just ask you a generic question. How difficult was it to make that team? Because when you're pooling players from South Lafouche, South Terrebonne, Vanderbilt, Assumption, and even some of the guys at the other schools, and you have to make an all district team out of that, my goodness, I'm sure there were some very tough decisions that had to be made. There were, and uh, look, there were several ties of position where we got a revote, then it's tied again, then it's who's a senior, and it's going to. Uh, the regular season stats outside of district. Uh, it was a lot, man. And uh, look, we have great ball players in our district. I don't know if we've ever had this many at one time. Um, so it was definitely tough. Uh, you know, they have some very good players that are not on the first team all district. Like, very good. Like, household names around the area that are not going to be on that first team all district. Uh, but we are very happy. Uh, we were very happy with our day there, should I say. Very good. Um Tell me about, you know, your, your guy on the mound today, Shearman. You and I have talked throughout the season. You know, you think he's one of, if not the best that you've ever coached, and I think he's one of, if not the best that's ever played at the school. But talk about the, the leadership ability there because he's a dude who doesn't say a whole lot. But I notice that when he does say something, it usually comes out pretty quick, and he's usually got a set of eyeballs that are listening. Like, he feels like kind of an emotional leader there. He's not a man of very many words, but whenever he speaks, the guys are listening. Yep, and uh, I think we got a couple of guys like that. Hunter Conley's one, Josh Pierce is one, and uh, but especially Deuce. I think Deuce really is the alpha dog in our locker room. When those guys speak, everybody else does. What the heck they say? Ain't nobody going to talk back to those guys. You know, they have the respect of our team. Um, you know, and it, it's tough to, you know, get on your friends or try to pick up your friends, but those guys do a great job of being leaders and leading the right way, leading by example. And uh, you said it all with Deuce, man. He, he doesn't. He's not going to sit there and have an hour soliloquy with, with you and, and uh, have a whole bunch to say, but when he talks, it matters, and it comes from the right place, and he's right just about every time and everything that he says. Last year was such a different year, and what I mean by that is it, it's so rare that a high school team will have pretty much the same lineup one through nine all year. You guys in the, in the back half of the season found something, locked into it, and that was pretty much the lineup the whole way. This year, you guys have been tinkering a little bit more as guys have kind of ebbed and flowed, and that's usually what's normal in a season. Are you comfortable with the 1-9 through nine right now, or is it a situation where that thing can maybe fluctuate based on some results here coming up? Look, it'll absolutely fluctuate based on the results. Uh, I think the top of our lineup's pretty, been, pretty much been the same uh, since district started with uh, you know Deuce, Josh, Jonah, and, uh, and Jacob in that 1-4. through four. But uh, five through nine this year, it's been kind of more along the lines of normally run production, who could do what in this situation. With us, it's who you want behind each other. Because we have some guys with a lot of power that are also strikeout risk, and you don't want those guys batting back-to-back. You know, it's just kind of spreading them out, and uh, whoever's hot at that time will kind of rotate with the back five um, and maybe even insert a guy like Dylan Frazier. He had a great – he did some great things for us. You, You might be seeing him again at some point in the next couple of weekends. Uh, but I think our front four is pretty much set. Uh, we like what we have there, and I think that's what we're going to roll with in the top half of the lineup. 
So one of the things about Warren Easton that I think they do well is I think, you know, they could swing it. You know, we saw that on Easter Eve. They hit some balls hard. They scored six runs. And, you know, against Karen Crow, they, they scored, you know, five. And you look at some of their results, they score a bunch of runs at times when they get going. Pitching and defense-wise, what are some things you have to do to make them uncomfortable and to limit their offense? Well, they actually pulled out the bunting game a little bit against uh, against Karen Crow. And if you don't want to see the bunting game, you got to get the first out every inning. Uh, for our guys, just locating. You know, if uh, you know some of our guys have some pretty good stuff, but if you're down two zero three one in a count and you hitting a curveball in the outside corner, most teams aren't going to swing at that. Most good hitting teams aren't going to swing at. It. They'll just take it and then okay, pipe this one, uh, pipe me one next uh, next pitch. Uh, so with us, it's about hitting spots. It's about getting ahead in the count early and keeping them off the base pads. Like you said, they had a, uh, have a lot of pop in their lineup, but it's not consistent. You know, I think uh, the other day, I believe Karen Crow guys struck them out 14, 15 times, and they were still able to score five runs. Well, how does that happen? Whenever you make an error, followed up by a walk, and then whenever they put the double in the gap, they got two guys on, that's where they hurt you. So it's about keeping them off base, make the routine plays, throw strikes, and make them hit doubles to beat you. If there were to be a game three, I don't want you to give the whole pitching plan, right? But who are a couple of names that are ready to go and, and that we, we may see if there's a game three? Uh, it depends on what we got to use uh, between Darren and Jacob in uh, the other two games. Um, it'll, it'll probably be one of those two guys. Uh, you know, hopefully we could, uh, you know, our starters could get some extended innings in the, the series. That way, if we do go to a third game, you'd have Derek, Darren and uh, Kural pretty fresh. Very good. And coach. You know, we talked after Monday's game, and, you know, the vibe, as you said earlier in the interview, wasn't all the way there. You guys weren't playing maybe with as much passion, and it was kind of a little bit slow. But at the end of the day, and you and I were talking about this privately off the air, like you still won. And, you know, surviving advance is the name of the game. So Turtle and I were talking about this on Wednesdays. How do you let them know, hey, it's got to be better without beating them up too much because they did get the task accomplished? Well, uh, pretty simple. When I got back to practice on Wednesday after missing that Tuesday to go scout, uh, grabbed the seniors in the locker room, I locked the door behind us, and we said everything we had to say. We got it all out there, and we figured it out. So I, I'm not going to go into specifics, but I think you're going to see a whole different mindset, a whole different type of energy from our guys this weekend, and one that you were more used to seeing. Um, you know, like I said the other day, um, you got you can't be upset by losing a playoff game, and you can't tear kids down after a win that's how you that's how coaches lose a team when you beat them up after a win especially in baseball when you play in so many games you know uh so they needed a little bit of love but they also we also had some decisions to make as uh, as far as what direction we want to go so uh you know i think our seniors are going to please themselves and we're going to have a, a great outing this weekend from our guys and uh you know like i said the other day man i'd much rather be in the position that we in than the position karen crow's in right now Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. And if I had to guess, you guys are expecting some ginormous crowds this weekend, bro. Talk about what it's going to be like to be playing in front of, you know, just a, a swarm of Tarpon faithful. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's exciting. Our kids love it. They deserve to play in front of the biggest crowds possible. And people in the community, if you listen, and we've all been through the same hell together this year, let's go out and support these guys this weekend. Come together as a community. It might be uh, the last time that this group gets to play at Eddie Blanchard Field, you know, so – Let's, uh, let's give them the best crowd that we can. Very well said. Look, brother, thanks so much for the time. Good luck this weekend, okay? I appreciate it. Before you let me go, I wanted to publicly congratulate Coach Brody Williams being the head basketball coach. Uh, so happy for Coach Brody. And, uh, you know, 
uh, anything we could do to help him out. Uh, he's just a great guy, a great coach, and I think he's going to do well and have many years of success here. So congratulations, Coach. Beautiful. Well said. See you later, bud. All right, man. Yep, that is Coach Chandler Guitro is doing an excellent job. Uh, Tarpons are going to be ready to go. And, man, you know, I shame on me. Um, first segment, I'm going through, oh, you know, Shaw beats Holy Cross and talking about a bunch of stuff that's not even in this area. I didn't talk about Coach Brody getting appointed as South Lafouche head coach. I kind of take it for granted because we kind of knew that it was going to be coming down the pipe here. But it did become official yesterday. Coach Brody Williams is going to be replacing Coach Brian Colley with South Lafouche men's basketball. I echo everything that Coach Guitro said. I think Brody's going to do an excellent job. And we're going to have him on next week to talk about that. <clears throat> um, guy was a tarpon, bro. He's a tarpon. And it's so fulfilling to me to see guys like Coach Brody, who's a younger dude, grew up here, wanted to be part of the program, now being rewarded, he's the head boys basketball coach. Bryce Williams, a guy, grew up here, loves the school, loves the programs, wants to be a tarpon. He's now the defensive coordinator for football. So those younger guys that are now coming up, they're getting promoted, they're having successes. So kudos to Coach Brody for getting that uh, that position. We think he's going to do an excellent job um, as as the boys basketball coach at South Lafouche. Let's catch a quick break when we get back. Hey, yeah, the Pelicans fell on their sword yesterday. Lost a tough one, but had a great season. We'll talk about that. In the next segment of the show, it's play-by-play. Then also at 12.15, we've got Damian St. Pierre, who will be joining us to talk about all kinds of things going on in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. You may think every weather app is the same until you see Weatherbug over deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, Weatherbug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free.
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEV. We hope you guys are enjoying your Friday. We certainly are. Let's go to our sponsor sheet and thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. That's Ashley Barrios, State Farm Agent and Cutoff, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets, get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., seven days a week at Rouse's Markets, tastes like home. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And 3T Oil Change, home of the drive through oil change. Of course, we've got the working agreement that if a tarpon hitter hits a dinger this weekend, the boss is going to buy them an oil change from 3T. So, Darren, Hunter, Jonah, Deuce, Jacob, Matt Lee. The fact that I'm listing this many guys who could realistically hit a home run in a high school baseball lineup is pretty ridiculous. Get on it, find the barrel, and you'll get a free oil change. Let's talk some NBA. And you know, you know I'll get to the Pelicans. You know I like to save them for last in the segment, make you guys wait. We talked about um we talked about how some teams yesterday needed to figure some things out, right? And we talked about the 76ers and how they needed to figure some things out. They won the first three games of the series and looked pretty good doing it. Then game four, they just kind of gave it away, right? Like, no big deal. We're up 3-0. You have this one. We'll go back home. We'll get it done. Until you don't get it done in game five and look awful and get blasted. And then now it's 3-2 to two and you're on the road and you hear all the whispers of, oh, Doc's going to choke again. Oh, Harden's going to choke again. Oh, the 76ers are in trouble. The 76ers made a very loud statement yesterday, and it was a statement that I didn't know that they were capable of making. And you're talking to a guy right now who's rooting for them to win it all. What they did last night was incredibly impressive. They go to Toronto and not just win. They beat the hell out of the Raptors last night. They beat the Raptors by 35 on the road, and they showed flashes of a team that when playing well could win it all. Joel Embiid looked as good last night as he's looked since injuring the thumb. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks, 12 of 18 from the field. Four of those six misses were three-pointers. Why Embiid ever takes a three-pointer is beyond me. He would have been, do the math, he would have been 12 of 14 from the field if he would have eliminated those threes from his game. Maxi goes for 25, 8 of 16 shooting. Harden goes for 22, 7 of 12 shooting. And Philadelphia shoots as a team 58% from the field. That's not a typo. 58% from the field. And played just beautiful offense while doing it, getting 32 assists for the game on 47 made field goals, shooting 22 of 23 from the free throw line. It was flawless execution and dominant play from Philadelphia, who now goes to the next round and takes on Miami in a series that's going to be very, very exciting. Because Miami's got some dudes who are tough and gritty 
Gardner may be a little older now and maybe aren't as explosive. Philly's got some dudes who are trying to get over the hump. Embiid's never been there before. Harden's never been there before. Harris is trying to prove he's a big-time guy. Maxie's the new guy on the block trying to establish himself as a legitimate star. That series is going to be fascinating. And I'll tell you this, if the 76ers play their best version of themselves, ain't nobody in the East beating those dudes. They're the only team in the East and maybe even the only team in the NBA that has the ability to score the 130 points but also hold you under 100. Most of the teams that are left could do one or the other. The Bucs are a shootout team. They're going to beat you 120 to 115. The Heat are a grinded out team. They're going to beat you 100 to 95. The Celtics are a, we're going to beat you 105 to 100 defense heavy team. Philly's a team that could beat you both ways. And I think that makes them very dangerous and very interesting um, going forward. So we'll keep an eye on that. We also got Dallas, who got a 98-96 to win over Utah in a thriller. The Jazz need to break up their team. We've talked about this throughout the playoffs. The Jazz need to break up their team. They're not good enough. They're just not good. Not not good enough. Listen to me, not good. They're just not good enough. The combination of Mitchell and Gobert and Conley, like it just doesn't fit. And they are what I'm so fearful of with New Orleans. And we'll get to the Pelicans in just a second. This is what we're so afraid of with New Orleans. They're that team that makes it every year and just doesn't do anything with it. And then that as a result, you never have a good draft pick. As a result, you never have salary cap space. And they're just stuck. The Jazz are just stuck. So now they've got to trade Donovan Mitchell. And that's not going to be an easy market. Or they've got to trade Gobert. That's not going to be an easy market. And in NBA trades, you rarely get back the adequate value for what you're giving up. And the Jazz are stuck. Dallas beats them 98-96. I've said throughout the playoffs, I didn't think the winner of this series had a chance regardless. I still believe that. I don't think Dallas has even a smidge of a chance against Phoenix. But they do move on and they punch their ticket. Now let's talk about the Pels. It was painfully apparent last night and at other times in the series that Phoenix was shadow boxing New Orleans. That the Pelicans were playing well. They were having some successes. But whenever... The Suns decided, okay, it's time to go win. They were going to do exactly that. They were going to go win. The Suns as a team last night shot 60% from the field. Chris Paul was 14 of 14. DeAndre Ayton was 10 of 12. Combined, you do the math, they were 24 of 26 from the field. Every time New Orleans would make a run last night, and would either go up a little bit or would trim the lead, Chris Paul would say, all right, bet. Give me the ball at half court. Set me a high screen. He would then take the screen, go to the free throw line elbow, and make a mid-range jumper over and over and over and over again. The Suns were 
drastically a better team than New Orleans. So the fact that New Orleans won two of the six games is something to be proud of. The fact that the New Orleans Pelicans made the Suns work hard for all four of the wins is something to be proud of. The fact that this Pelicans team ignited the city of New Orleans that got them excited about basketball for maybe the first time ever is something to be proud of. Now, though, is where the hard work begins. I told you about two months ago here on this show that the Pelicans were going to have momentum until the offseason. It's easy to have momentum when you're playing games and you're winning and the ne- and the focus is on the next game. It's going to be much more difficult to sustain that momentum now because there's not a next game to prepare for and 100% of the headlines are going to be on the big fat guy on the bench who isn't playing. Now we're going to start to hear the whispers of, is Zion healthy, is Zion not healthy? Is Zion in or is Zion out? How does Zion look? He's in the gym today. Does he look in shape? Does he look out of shape? Zion's walking around the mall of Louisiana. Does he look in shape? Does he look out of shape? We're going to start to hear all of those whispers. We're going to have leaks from the family. Oh, Zion wants to go to New York. Some of them may be true. Some of it just may be made up to get clicks. The whispers are going to start. This is a Pelicans roster that is not good enough to win it all, even if Zion comes back. So, you're going to have to maybe make a trade or two. Trade a couple of role players for a couple of other role players. Try to improve, try to get better. You're going to have to cash in your lottery pick. Maybe sign a guy to the mid-level exception. There are ways to fine-tooth comb this thing, but it's not as easy. And I hear this all the time. Stephen A. Smith said it yesterday on Twitter. He's wrong. I hear it said, oh, get Zion back and you're contending for a championship. No, you're not. You're going to have to get some other guys there because just strictly adding Zion. Look, this series was played Suns without Devin Booker for all intents and purposes versus Pels without Zion. If you put Booker back in that lineup healthy and you put Zion back in that lineup healthy, the Suns still win. If you put Booker in the lineup healthy for the whole series, it's 4 nothing. So you at at the minimum, you're not as good as the Suns are, and I don't think you're close. And then there are other teams. Are you as good as Golden State with Zion? Nah, probably not. Are you as good as Memphis with Zion? Nah, probably not. So you're already getting to the four, five, six positions in the West. You've got to make some shrewd moves on the edges. You've got to draft well. You've got to cash in that lottery pick. You've got to make a good signing. you got to maybe flip Devontae Graham for something. you got to – I don't know what the, the exact answers are, but it's not as easy as just getting Zion back. And that's going to be the challenge. Will David Griffin be honest with himself and understand and recognize that? Or will he be content to just sit back and say, oh, we had a great season. Everybody's happy. Let's let's just run it back. And the NBA run it back is a curse. The Houston Rockets were one game away from beating the Golden State Warriors in the NBA playoffs the year Chris Paul got hurt. They said the same thing. Ah, run it back. They changed nothing about their roster. They never, ever got that close again. And now just two, three years later, because they quote-unquote ran it back, they lost everything that they had, and they're one of the worst situations in the entire NBA. I'm not saying that's going to happen to New Orleans, 
But I am saying that if you ain't getting better, you're getting worse. And David Griffin's going to have to retool that roster. The draft pick is critical. They've got to get a little bit deeper. Got to get guys like Marshall out of the rotation. Got to get ways to get Alvarado more on the floor. Get Jackson Hayes. Figure out what you're going to do with him. Find tool and tweak. And then you've got a shot to really make some noise and really do some special things. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. When we get back, Damian St. Pierre will join us. We can't wait to talk with Damian. We always have a great time talking with Damian. We'll ask him about the Pels. We'll ask him about some boxing. Usually I make a little list. It's been a busy Friday. We're kind of going in blind. But Damian and I will figure out some things to talk about when we get back on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, and Reserve. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. I promise you, I just pick these songs at random and like I don't even know what's coming, but Damien's a troll and so am I, so it's perfect that we play No Chance and You Know What as the as he's coming on the air and we're going to be talking about the Pelicans. Uh, Damien, uh, the Pelicans tried as hard as they could, but the Suns just had another gear. They gave them a ride, but couldn't get it done. Talk about what you were watching from that series and first off, good afternoon, but what were you seeing from the Pelicans? It's a perfect entrance song right there to start this this conversation off with the way this is going to head. Uh, you know, valued effort, what we talk about all the time. Uh, good effort, great job, but you still lost. Uh, you know, too many mistakes, especially in crunch time. I know you like to call it winning time, you know, in that five-minute mark. Chris Paul, unbelievable performance. That performance is going to be remembered for probably the rest, the rest, of, his, the rest of his life and then there on after. Just too many mistakes. Um, you know, Willie Green's a great coach, and I think he's going to do a great job. But I think the one thing that we could maybe all agree on is uh, some of his subs are not the best. Maybe he trusts the players a little bit too much, more than they trust themselves in crunch time. But, look, man, about a minute, 42 seconds left. 
you kind of saw the tone in the game change when Devin Booker hit that three from the left side. And you're always looking for that performance from that second person on that, on that Suns roster. You got it from Mikel Bridges the night uh, the game before. And then last night, doing just enough. Uh, you know, Devin Booker, he, I, I thought he did just enough. He didn't try to take the game over. Uh, you know, coming out, being, having sat for so long. And uh, I thought he did a great job just kind of managing his injury and then letting Chris Paul shine when he was, he was on that, that high of, of, you know, 14 for 14. That's, that's, that's unreal. That's not seen. And just a very awesome performance by him. On the Pell side, you know, Brandon Inger tried to kind of take it over at the end with a little isolation ball he's got. In crunch time, uh, you know, he had that high-rise shot, kind of corner of the foul line that probably nine times out of ten goes, but in that situation it didn't. Larry Nance, again, probably played a little bit too much in crunch time for me. Um, you know, Chris Paul in, in the press conference, he kind of forgot uh, Jose Alvarado's name a little bit. I think that was a little trash talking right there. He caught him late with an elbow, but you're not, you're not going to get that. But, you know, Pell's bright future to, to be where they were. I know you just mentioned how it probably wouldn't be that way if Devin Booker was playing. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I, I just think that they were playing the right ball at the right time. And uh, just not enough not enough firepower to get it done. And I, I, I kind of piggyback off of what you were talking about in the last segment, as I, or, or it might have been a little bit more. I don't know how delayed I was on my, on my feed. Um, talk about Zion. I don't know if we're going to see Zion in a Pels uniform. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's the, the missing piece to that puzzle. I don't know where you put him in whenever he is healthy. Thank you for that. I was I, I don't hear anyone else saying that but me. I, all I hear is, oh, man, let's get Zion. Let's run it back. Like, I don't think he wants to be there. And, and the, the, the drama and the rumors and, and everything that's being talked about is, okay, the team thinks from looking at some images and some scans of his, of his foot, the team thinks he needs another surgery. Zion's camp thinks I don't need another surgery and that's where they're hung up and he wants to play right now and he's posting all these videos of him dunking and everything well it's one thing to dunk a basketball it's another thing to play 40 minutes of defense and whatever it may be I just think and I I truly believe this that as we get to the offseason we're going to start to hear these leaks and you know these interviews and all these anonymous sources are going to start coming out of the woodwork and I don't think it's going to be as easy as Pelicans fans think it's going to be I just don't know if he could have played 40 minutes before the injury and look you know you, you, you do that standing Harold Miner dunk and we probably don't have many listeners that know who Harold Miner is but I mean that's the guy that started that between the legs dunk that nobody could do before but everybody does prior I mean you got locally you got people that think just because you could dunk a basketball you're a D1, you're a D1 uh, prospect that's not how it works you know being able to dunk a basketball like you said being able to go for 40 minutes or even 35 minutes uh, let's be honest even last year with the minute restrictions you know I don't know. It's puzzling to have to go through this in the year 2022 to not know if somebody could play the game or they can't play the game. And having two different organizations, we'll call it organization, I guess, Zion's folks, I'm sure by this time he has a a whole nation behind him. And then the Pelicans, you know, to agree on that, that tells me that he doesn't want to be there or the Pelicans don't want him there. There's got to be some type of movement in the offseason to make that, that money that they're, they're spending on them or that roster spot that they're spending on them to make that valuable in the Pelicans' eyes. And, you know, they've made some great moves. Obviously, they got, they got the chemistry right. They got the right coaching place. I just think they're, they're, they're definitely on the rise, you know, later in the season, obviously late in the regular season and then in the playoffs. Again, played hard. They're not there yet, but they're, they're definitely in the right situation. And I, I just don't think Zion's there. Well, who are you going to move out? You know, you're going to play him on the post where he doesn't want to be, 
Are you going to play him as a guard where he's probably not an NBA guard at all? He's not, he's not a shooter. I mean, of course, he'll nail threes uh, whenever you're not guarding him, but it, it's kind of a weird situation of not maybe not wanting to be there and then not fitting in. That's, that's kind of where I'm at on that. It's, it's puzzling to me. Yeah, I agree. Look, we've got one first-round series still not determined. It's Memphis and Minnesota. D, this series has been so entertaining, and maybe for all the wrong reasons because it's like the finals of a inner-city AAU t- uh, game every time these teams play. You got one coach in Minnesota who refuses to call timeouts. You got Memphis who's trying to dunk on everybody. Like it, It's been a very entertaining series. I would love to see it go seven, but I think Memphis might end it tonight. Yeah, I think they're playing uh, the right style of basketball right now. I think they got it figured out. But it's crazy to see the fourth quarter comeback that Memphis has, has been uh, – been able to take advantage of and I don't know if that's Memphis kind of turning it on in, in the fourth quarter or if that's uh if that's the T-Wolves just maybe getting a little tired and and, and shutting down a little bit because they know what's about to come but you talk about AAU style basketball man uh, you know I, I kind of been on the road this week for work haven't had I haven't had a chance to watch as much more highlights than anything but that uh that dunk that John Moran had from for the fourth quarter the fourth quarter of the last game that was unreal yeah, yeah, that was one of the – you think that was the best NBA in-game dunk that we've seen in a long time? I think it was, man. Everybody says Vince Carter, but that wasn't an NBA game dunk. That was an Olympic dunk. I think that was one of the best, maybe, if not the best we've seen. That, that has to be the best since, since Blake Griffin's prime when he was just putting everybody on a poster. Yeah, I agree with that. Look, in the East right now, it's fascinating because you got four teams that are left, and I think that all four teams realistically have a shot. You got Boston, who's going to be taking on Milwaukee in a series that I think is going to be great. You got Philadelphia taking on Miami in a series that I also think is going to be great. You can make an argument for all four teams. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be wide open from here on out. May come down to matchups, may come down to who stays the healthiest, but all those series coming in, I think, are toss-ups. Yeah, I, I think the East and West Conference are are going to be like that. It's going to be a, a definitely a grind. But I, it's going to be hard for me to pick against some pick against the Celtics in the East with the style of basketball that they're playing. You know, maybe the, if the game's called a little bit different, they'll have some difficulty uh, playing that style of defense that they play. But whenever whenever it gets down to it, the, usually the teams with the better defense, everybody can shoot, everybody can score. But the teams that can lock down in crunch time and be able to play defense and finish games, I, I don't trust Jason Tatum. I, I just don't. Uh, watching him throughout his NBA career, it just seems like he's kind of still growing into to what he could be, but he's definitely on the rise at the moment, and he's making a name for himself in, in this year's playoffs. And he's making a name for himself that he may be one of the top seven, eight players in the game right now. So the first round of the NFL draft was yesterday. I'll be honest with you, and I'll talk about the draft later in the show. I didn't watch a whole lot of it because I was watching the NBA playoffs. The Saints got a receiver and an offensive lineman, and the fans seem to be happy with what they did which would be the first time in franchise history. Uh, so what, what were your thoughts as New Orleans gets apparently a couple of guys that, that people wanted them to get? So I I, I, I did watch it. I kind of had a dual screen thing going because I wasn't going to miss the Pels game for uh, to watch Roger Goodell talk at me. But I didn't get trading up uh, to where they were. I think they could have maybe slid back a little bit and still got a, a – obviously they got they got a lot of it. He's, he's – Got some great hands. Kind of reminds me, maybe he's in that Brandon Cook role. That's kind of what, what my group chat was kind of saying last night. You know, he's a speedy guy. Uh, a lot of it, the thing, I think what put them over the top to take Alave over over uh, Williams was his red zone touches. I think maybe they were searching for somebody that could help him out uh, in, in the red zone as well as stretch the field. But 
I guess maybe I have too much of an SEC bias. I would have maybe waited on 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 Jameis Williams from from Alabama, who got picked right after. So, I, uh, as far as the O line, uh, you know, he's a guy that was uh, maybe went through a growth spurt from his senior in high school till till he went to college. Great character guy. I know he got an NIL deal, worked uh, I think thirty thousand dollars, and and donated his entire uh, deal to I think a children's hospital. So. You, you're getting a great, a great person, obviously, that's going to do that. And the guy grew, 100, I think, 100 pounds and maybe six inches from, from where he was in high school till, till now. I know he needs some, probably some technique work on his, on his pass blocking, but he's a, he's a huge offensive lineman. I mean, anytime you could get a physical specimen like that, uh, that late in the first round, I think you're doing pretty good. So if the fans are happy about it, so odds are they probably won't work out. <laughs> Speaking of the fans, and this is an inside joke, no one's gonna want to even, or no one's gonna even know what we're talking about. The thing I like the most about the offensive lineman is that you could very easily put an S at the end of his last name, and it fits seemingly. Trevor Pennings from Northern Iowa. I think you have to earn that S. <laughs> very good. Let's talk some boxing, man. You got uh, Fury, who fought last weekend, put on a show as he always does. He won. He got the knockout. He sung. And he apparently also retired. Looks like he's on the way out. Uh, but he also, while retiring, indicated that, hey, I'm going to do some you know, uh, MMA hybrid stuff with this, with this UFC guy. So while it may be retiring from boxing, he's not retiring from the spotlight. He looks like he's going to do some, some unique things here going forward in the next couple of years. Did you get a chance to see his entrance? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was unreal. And if you're going to go out like that, that was... I could, and we talked about it last week, kind of like the energy, you know, being able to be in front of that many people that are supporting you. Uh, man, class act. He did a great job on the entrance. You know, he kind of got in the throne, put the king, uh, the, you know, the, the king's hat on and, and made his way to the ring. It was a, it was a pretty tactical fight until he, until, uh, he caught White with that uppercut. But, um, you know, kind of talking, listening to the, some of the pre-fight stuff, he's, I think he's done. I know we talked about it and I was kind of up in there, but, Listen to some of the things that he said. I, I think he's done, but he also did mention that. And I maybe maybe he didn't mention this. Maybe I read this. He's going to have some activity in WWE, and he said that he's going to do what he has to do to get on that SummerSlam card. So that he's made for that at this point of his at this point in his life. He that that's that's what he wants to do, and that he's going to be a star if he goes that route. I was just about to say, you know. You know, it's interesting because sometimes you get guys that we see in the world of sports and, you know, they're very quirky and they're very animated. And we say, man, that guy could do WWE. And then you have them go to WWE like Rob Gronkowski did, and he was awful. I don't think Tyson Fury is going to be awful. I think you're right. I think if he goes the wrestling route, he's going to be a huge star. You, you talk about Gronk. He has all the, the, the physical ability. But I don't know if he has. And look, he's charismatic in the NFL. But when you take it to the to the WWE, that that's two totally different people. That's that's uh, you know borderline athletes, and then I mean borderline actors, and then stud athletes. Fury, Tyson Fury, just fits that role, and it, he's you know from having that European support and then having the American support, he's he has the ability to to be something special. In, uh, in in that field, and I think they're going to take Vince, Vince McMahon will take advantage of that and kind of guide him in the right direction. But he could talk trash. He could be a great heel. He could be a great, you know, good guy. And I just, I think that's where he belongs, and that's that's kind of where he's going to go because I think he's just he had a few choice words that I can't say here, but he, just, he enjoys a bunch of people in the face, and uh, you know, he's kind of he doesn't have to put in the work to do that. 
in the WWE, I just think that's that's where he belongs. So talk with me about good guys and bad guys. I know you watched some independent wrestling last weekend, and look, there's another show coming up in Thibodeau in a couple of weeks where you know Mustang and the GSW guys are going to be uh, promoting ED White football and raising money for ED White football. You know, Mustang Mike is an interesting dude in that, like, usually you make a little run here and a little mark as an indie wrestler in your 30s, maybe maybe early 40s. Like, he's much older than that, and he's getting really hot right now. But talk about the indie show and, and, and some of the things that you're seeing with those guys. It was good. Um, you know, I got a chance to stay with my, my 10-year-old daughter, Kimberly. I'll give her a shout-out. She watches on TV with me whenever we do get the chance to watch. And I say, look, there's something local. I say, do you want to go watch? And she's like, sure. And then, uh, you know, a couple of buddies of mine took their kids. And to be able to do something that I, I had done for me as a kid, you know, and I enjoyed, she seemed to enjoy it. She had a lot of questions. So that was different for me not being able to pay attention as much. But Casey, <laughs> uh, slam-packed crowd. Had to have over 300 people in that place. They had to add so many chairs, it was almost difficult to get around. Um you know, obviously they had some some younger guys on there, but the you know the veterans like Mustang Mike, Mustang Mike, Gil Gracie, those guys put on a show and they know what they're doing and they're kind of you know have their arm around some of these younger guys and I, I I get the feel with some probably some younger guys putting on the promotion and it, it was it was entertaining it was very entertaining and I, I think that they're going to have good crowds and they're getting on with the right people. Coach Kyle was saying Edie White doing that fundraiser. I know there's something that. He's been talking about for a long time, and I'm glad he's getting to do that. And uh, it's just look if you get a chance to go out and watch that, just it's entertaining at the end of the day. And you know if you could pay twelve, it was twelve dollars to get in. If you are paying way too way too less money to be entertained the way you are for twelve bucks. Coach Brody Williams takes over at South Lafouche. Coach Nick Snack takes over at Edy The coaching carousel spinning, and I think both schools got a pretty good one, man. What you think? I think so. Uh, I think both of them. Let's talk about Brody. First off, congratulations. And then also uh, Jacob Allen, who is the head coach at Lockport, is going to be taking over an assistant role with uh, with Coach Henry Latin at Central. Awesome. Okay, great. Great get right there. Um, You know, Brody's going to do a good job. Great job. He's been in the system. He's played in the system. He's coaching the system. And just reading his his quotes, I think he's going to continue doing what Coach Colley kind of Wanted to do it. I'm sure he's going to bring his own twist and flair into there, like you know, he like he always does and everything. Um, I think he's going to be successful. He's got to get the kids to buy in, which I, he's being on that staff for as long as he has. I think he's got to, um, you know, he, he could do that he's, if, if it's not already done. Uh, Coach Sanak at Edie White, he's going to do a great job. He's always bought in. I was actually having some conversation with him yesterday, talking about just being in the gym, gym rats, and he's always going to be successful because because of his work ethic and you know he's. He's in a good place from where for where uh, where he wants to be at this point at this point in his career. So let's talk about this. Um, we we've been spending a lot of time talking about your AAU stuff, and you know we'll ch- chat about that at the end. But golden medal middle basketball, are you guys doing anything over the summer? Any workouts or anything to stay fresh? Absolutely. So um, June first, I think we're gonna kick in the gear. Uh, t- actually, talk to um, my AD, Miss Desi Sanders, and my principal, Mr. Hennessy Melson, uh, on Wednesday and kind of formulated a plan. We're kind of going under the radar, but we're going to be announcing some stuff pretty soon about getting some parents and kids in there to, to have that athletic meeting to make them eligible to be able to start kind of doing some practice. It'll be on the basketball court. Uh, volleyball do the same thing as well as football do some conditioning. And I'm excited to, uh, to be a, a part of that program again this year. Uh, we'll be announcing some news pretty soon on that. And uh, very excited to just continue what we where we, where we stopped last year and uh, – 
man, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm head first into it, and, and we're going to be successful no matter what the wins and losses say. Those kids will be successful. And I'm uh, pretty pumped up to, to get back in the gym on that end. No doubt. Let's talk some AAU. You know, there's a local group going to Starkville, Mississippi. That's Coach Kenny and them with BST. Are you guys playing this weekend? If so, where? Yeah, so we're going to be at Riverdale High School. Our fifth grade team and sixth grade team are going to participate in a one-day invitational put on by the Kenner Angels. We actually play in the hometown team and then team from Baton Rouge and then a team from the North Shore. So we're uh, we're excited to continue our season. I think after this, we have one more one-day tournament, and that's going to be in Thibodeau on the Saturday before Mother's Day, and then we're going to kick in full swing into our season of our uh, of our select tournaments that we're going to be playing in. Beautiful. Look, man, thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again next Friday. Okay, pal? Absolutely, Casey. Thanks again. Yep, that is Damien doing a wonderful job, as always, letting us know about some of the happenings in the NBA that he's seeing. So he's expert on boxing. He's our resident expert on boxing giving us a rundown of some of the AAU basketball and everything as well. It's play-by-play. Play. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll get you weekend predictions, then we'll get you your betting picks. Then we're adios, amigo. Also, before we go, shout-out to the fine folks at Lockport Elementary, Lockport Lower Elementary. They made the decision to ask me to speak at career day today. So, boy, uh, be better, better be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. They're going to have my big mouth giving a speech to some of the kiddos at career day. I'll be doing that at 2 o'clock today. Then after that, I'm going down the bay, and we're hosting, or not hosting, doing play-by-play for the Tarpons, taking on Warren Easton. So a busy day, but we look forward to tackling it all. We'll be right back after this break with our weekend predictions on KLEB. Shrimp boats is a coming. Since 1948, that's 74 years, Hilaria Brothers has been in the commercial fishing and shrimping supply business, stocking large selections of 12-volt electrical and hydraulic single and double drum winches, and hydraulic motors with brakes, beltless clutches, and pumps with brackets. They also carry hydraulic stainless steel skimmer winches, hydraulic valves, and hydraulic steering for up to 65-foot boats. Also a huge assortment of crab traps and crab trap wire, stocking nylon plastic and knotless webbing. You heard about that new webbing, Platina and Knotless Dyneme, Alera Brothers also stocks shark tail netting that's reinforced with stainless steel wire. They stock four different sizes of galvanized stabilizers, also stocking a large variety of fiberglass cloth, including resin gel coat and other supplies needed for fiberglassing. Lost an anchor? Alerio Brothers stocks anchors from 5 pounds to 100 pounds. Visit Alerio Brothers before the season begins. That's Alerio Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego, online at AlerioBros.com. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Stop, drop, and let the good times roll. 
The Thibodeau Fireman's Fair. Thursday, April 28th through May 1st. Live music, pay one price rides, live auction, food, drinks, Sunday parade, one mile and 5K run and walk. And this year, you better get a bigger wallet with a $15,000 raffle prize. Plus, live music takes the stage all weekend long, including Friday night, it's Nashville recording artist Chris Cagle, and Saturday night, Louisiana's LaRue. For all the festival info, go to Firemansfair.com. The Thibodeau Fireman's Fair. Always free admission, always fun. Tiger Drive in Thibodeau. We thank Coach Chandler Guitros for his time. We thank Coach Damian St. Pierre for his time. It's play-by-play. We're wrapping up the show today. We've got another couple of minutes. Um, Let's go ahead and get you your weekend predictions. Our first weekend prediction is going to be, um, I think South Lafouche is going to get by Warren Easton, and I don't think they're going to have any problems. The Tarpons struggled against Leesville on Monday. Didn't play with any fire. Didn't play with any pizzazz. And as Coach Guitro said earlier in the show, we got the seniors together. We got that fixed. If South Lafouche plays with enthusiasm this weekend and executes the way they're capable of playing, these are going to be two very lopsided games. Warren Easton is capable, certainly. They wouldn't be in this spot without it. But we're looking at a team that this season has been beaten 9 to 1, 10 to nothing, 12 to nothing, 10 to nothing, 13 to 2, 9 to 4, 12 to 2, 15 to 3, 11 to 5, 13 to nothing, 9 to 4. If you play well and you execute, you're going to beat them soundly. And I think that that's what the Tarpons are going to look to do. I think they're going to get on base earlier in innings. They're going to run, hit and run, bunt and run, make things happen, manufacture offense. And I think that they're going to win two decisive victories against Warren Easton. Prediction two. I think Truck's going to be paying for an oil change or two. I think that as the Tarpons get deeper into Easton's pitching staff, there are going to be a couple of guys who are going to hit it over the fence. And then that'll be a 3 T oil change home run. And Truck's going to have to be buying somebody an oil change. I think that the Tarpons are going to hit a home run or two over the weekend. <laughs> Every time I'm talking about this, Buddy Miller's laughing over my shoulder. It's like he could sense that I'm talking about this. I think, <laughs> I think the truck's going to be buying, <laughs> buying some oil changes. Man, that's funny. Buddy's over in the other studio working on ESPN. Now, two days in a row, I'm talking about this exact topic, and it's like he appears like a genie and is just laughing into the microphone. <laughs> I think the Tarpons are going to win, hit some home runs, and I think the truck's going to be buying some oil changes. Next prediction, I think there are going to be several local teams that are going to move on. I told you earlier in the show, I think Assumption's not going to have any problems. I think the Tarpons are going to win. I think CCA's going to win. I think Vanderbilt's going to win. I think EDY and South Terrebonne have a chance to win. I think that there are going to be several local teams that this time on Monday are going to still be alive and are going to be competing for opportunities to punch a ticket to the next round. Now, let's continue the the the, the, the trick here. I think that the next weekend prediction, I think that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to push forward over the Timberwolves. And I think that they may do so even tonight. Uh, Memphis is a better basketball team. And they're, you know, this is, this is why I like basketball so much. Memphis, I think, is a much better team than Minnesota. 
But if you're ranking the players individually, like, okay, I want this one, that one, that one, of the two rosters, like Minnesota would have three or four of the first five or six guys. Carl Anthony Towns, Edwards, you know, Russell, even Beverly in a playoff series is valuable because of how good he is defensively on the ball. But Memphis is just better because they play better together. They pass the ball very well. They share the ball well. On any given night, it's a new hero. And that's what's the beautiful thing about the sport. And we saw this with the Nets. You could have great players, but if one of them is busy fasting, the other is busy tweeting, and then the other's pretending like he has a backache while laying on a couch talking to a therapist during the game, then you're going to get swept. And the same goes here with Memphis and Minnesota is that the Grizzlies maybe don't have as talented of a roster in terms of pure talent, but their talent meshes better than Minnesota's does. And that's what Damian and I were talking about with, with New Orleans is that, yeah, getting Zion back makes New Orleans a more talented team, but does he fit exactly what they're trying to do? Yeah, we'll have to see it. But anyway, I think that Memphis is going to get by Minnesota. Next weekend prediction, and call me a homer, but I think the Atlanta Braves are going to start to get hot. They got Ronald Acuna Jr. back. They won yesterday. They played more freely. Acuna is the locker room leader there. They're going to Texas this weekend. I think they're going to win that series, and I think that they're going to start to get rolling. And in fact, I'll give you a bonus betting pick. This is not going to be a pick that I'm going to have listed on my uh, my slate. I'm going to give you three others at the bottom of the show. Take Atlanta and the money line tonight against Texas. Ian Anderson is on the mound. Ian Anderson has struggled at times this season, but he's a very, very good pitcher. Take Ian today, and I think take Atlanta today with the money line to win against Texas. So that's one that I like for free. Another weekend prediction. I think LSU baseball is going to win another series. I think that LSU is starting to get a little bit of a groove and a little bit of an understanding of what they are. They're 27-13 and 13 overall, and I get it. Don't scream at me from your car. I get it. They lost to UNO decisively on Tuesday. I get it. That's college baseball. That happens. But coming off of a sweep against Missouri in the box, they're going to be hosting Georgia this weekend. I think LSU is going to win at least two this weekend. Keep the momentum flowing. Keep the juices going in the right direction, and I think the Tigers are going to stay hot. This is an LSU offense that's starting to come around. But more important than the LSU offense, they're starting to figure out their pitching, right? Mikhail Hilliard has solidified himself as a legitimate Friday night guy. Um, Blake Money has been better not being the Friday night guy. And I think that because of all those little tweaks that they have made, I think the Tigers have put themselves in a better position. Next prediction, weekend prediction. I think the Saints are going to draft a quarterback. I don't know where. I think they like Matt Corral of Ole Miss. You know me. I'm not a big Saints dude, right? I'm a Cowboys fan. Don't fuss me. Don't scream at me. It's my dad's fault. My dad's been a Cowboys fan since before the Saints franchise even existed. I think the Saints like Matt Corral. And you know what? I like Matt Corral too. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. What does it say about how bad these quarterbacks are? In the NFL draft, we've seen teams trade up to go get guys like Matt Jones. Um, did I say that right? 
let's see, what's the who's the name of the Giants quarterback? Daniel Jones. I'm sorry, I knew I didn't say that right. Daniel Jones. We've seen teams trade up to get Daniel Jones. We've seen teams trade up for not very good player Mitchell Trubisky. You know, we've seen teams in this offseason trade for Carson Wentz. Like teams are willing to give up legitimate, you know, assets for guys that are not very good quarterbacks just for the sake of trying to get a quarterback, but they're not willing to trade up to go and get oh the guy from Liberty Willis. They're not willing to trade up to go and get the guy from Pittsburgh. Um these dudes are bad. But I think Corral's the exception. I think he's the one diamond in the rough. If not for the injury, he would have been taken higher. So those are our weekend predictions. Look like sketch a break. When we get back, I'll get you your betting picks. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. Run away I am cold like December 
Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here. Wrapping up the show. Let's see what we got for you today, betting pick wise. I got to open up my app. Let's see. I don't like to rehearse these. And it's, it's truly not laziness, right? It's I like to look at it and see which one I like the best in the moment. Because usually I'm a firm believer <laughs> that your first instinct is your best one. So let's see. Today we'll give you the Boston Red Sox to cover today. Minus 130 money line odds against the Orioles. Maybe there's something I'm missing. I'm not an expert. I don't get every pick right. No one does. I don't know why Boston is only a minus 130 favorite against Baltimore today. They're a drastically superior team to Baltimore. And while Boston has gotten off to a rotten start to the season, so has Baltimore. They're 6-13. Boston's 8-12. The Orioles are pitching a guy who's never made a pitch in the MLB before. We don't know how that's going to go. Boston is throwing Rich Hill, who, if for nothing else, is going to be steady. I... Vegas thinks this is a 50-50 game. I don't. I think the Red Sox are going to win. I I think this should be closer to minus 155 or 160 odds for Boston with 130. I'm scooping that up, and I'm running with it. Give me the Red Sox today to take care of that business and get a win. See what else we got. I like... Told you the Braves a minute ago. I'm not going to give you that one. Let's see. I like, yeah, let's take this one. I like Arizona today to cover the run line against St. Louis, against the Cardinals. That's Arizona plus one and a half. In baseball, I usually bet favorites, but today I'm betting a dog plus one and a half run line to cover against St. Louis Cardinals. The Diamondbacks aren't good. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it and lie and try to tell you that they're like, they're not good. Um, But what they are is, uh, competent when Madison Bumgarner is pitching. He's made three starts this season, actually four starts this season. He's only got an ERA of one, 1.00. He's been very good. Uh, He's only allowed 12 hits in 18 innings. Facing St. Louis, um, they're facing Adam Wainwright, who has not been great. Waino has a whip of 1.57. He's allowing a lot of guys to get on base. So I think that the combination of Bumgarner and then also Wainwright throwing against Saint, for St. Louis is going to allow Arizona to get the the run line victory. I don't know if they'll win the game, but if they lose, I think it'll just be by a run. I think it'll be a competitive, hard-fought game. So give me Arizona there. One more. Let's see what we got. I like this one. I like Memphis to close out tonight. You know, straight up, I think. They're one-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they'll go on the road, and I think they'll win. You know, teams in Game 6 sell out and don't want to go to Game 7. So more often than not, you see their best effort. And here's the thing about the NBA, bro, and this is why it's so frustrating, is that when both teams are playing hard, whether the game's in one gym or not really usually doesn't matter. Home court advantage, we like to say it matters a lot. It really doesn't. The team that is the best team is going to play their best, and when they play their best, they're going to win no matter where the game is played. 
like yesterday. You think that home court advantage mattered when Toronto lost by 35 at home? No, Philadelphia just got their head out of their behind, and they started actually executing, and it didn't matter. That game could have been played on the moon last night, and Philadelphia was going to win. I think that Memphis is the better team. I think Memphis at times falls in love with some bad habits that they have, and it causes them some problems. But I think that they're going to go on the road. I think they're going to take care of business, and I think that they're going to close out Minnesota today in Minnesota. And another thing I could have given that is kind of a weekend prediction type thing, I think that's going to be a very chippy game. Those teams don't like one another very much. I think Moran's going to go to the goal at some point in the game. I think somebody from Minnesota is going to hard foul him. I think at some point in the game, Carl Anthony Towns is going to do his usual uh, shtick of acting like he's a tough guy when he's not. He's the farthest thing from it. Beverly's going to do some Beverly stuff. Memphis got guys like Dylan Brooks who they like to get into scuffles. I think that game six and if there is a game seven of this series are going to be very chippy. Those two teams are tired of one another. You see it when the guys are mic'd up during the games. They're talking trash and are poking fun at the other teams, and it's going to be interesting to see. Very quick, though, before we wrap up, those are our three betting picks. Some some early prognostication of the first round. Look, I'm going to give weekend W's and L's both in the world of sports on Monday, but also in the NFL draft on Monday. I like what the Lions did, getting Hutchinson of Michigan. I think he's a better player than Walker, the guy that the Jaguars got. I love what the Giants did, getting um, Thibodeau from Oregon and getting Evan Neal from Alabama. You solidify both lines of scrimmage. I love what the Giants did. <laughs> I like what the Saints did, you know, getting the receiver that they coveted and you know, getting pinning in the offensive line. I said it was too obvious, uh, and I was wrong. You know, everybody went into the draft saying, "Oh, the Saints need a receiver and an offensive lineman." That's exactly what they got. So kudos to them for getting the two pieces that fans thought that they needed. Little puzzled with the Steelers getting Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Eh, just don't see it in Kenny Pickett, right? Like his his best highlight from college is a play where he scrambled, pretended like he was going to slide, didn't slide, and then ran for a touchdown. Like if that's your best college highlight, I don't know. A little nervous. My Cowboys took an offensive lineman from Tulsa. He, he's going to be okay. He fits a need. He's going to play right tackle. That'll work out okay. What the hell was New England doing? Did you see the video of Sean McVay? Go, go Google this if you didn't see this. Google Sean McVay mocking Patriots. In fact, let me make sure it'll come up. I'm going to Google it myself. Sean McVay mocking Patriots. Yes, okay, it does come up. So Google Sean McVay mocking Patriots. The Patriots took Cole Strange in the opening round with the 29th pick. Strange is projected to be a third or fourth round pick by most draft analysts. And Sean McVay is hosting a press conference to announce their pick as Cole Strange is being picked. And McVay is literally laughing on the camera and says, huh, and to think, we scouted that guy thinking he'd be available in the fourth round. <laughs> it was funny to see. You guys are going to get a kick out of it. It's just so rare to see someone openly making fun of Bill Belichick like that. But just a weird, hey, pardon the pun, a strange pick from New England going with Cole Strange in the opening round. A guy who was not projected to be in this spot, and he goes to New England 29th overall. Want to see what the Saints are going to do? Their picks and their arsenal are going to be a little bit limited. 
uh, because of some of the moves that they have made. They don't have as many picks in the next couple of days as you would expect that they might. But I think New Orleans is going to, you know, add some more depth. And, I, and as I said in my weekend predictions, at some point they're going to find their way to get a hands on a quarterback. So look, we're going to wrap up right here. We'll be at the ballpark going live at about 0545 ish. The Tarpons will be taking on Warren Easton with a chance to punch a ticket to the next round. Hope to see you there. Hope to see you next week. Lockport, lower if you're listening, and I'm coming for you at 2 o'clock. We'll be speaking at Career Day. You've been listening to Play-By-Play on KLEB. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hope to see you at the games. Have a, um, a wonderful time, and may God bless you and your families. Have a great day. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients.